0: Offer valid on select AK Systems. That's through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Welcome to First Strike right here on Visa. I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down everything from UFC 275. And oh my goodness, what a pay-per-view. This should be on Saturday night in Singapore. So adjust your clocks. I know the fighters are going to have to do the same overseas. For the next hour, Nick Leekus is going to join us in studio momentarily. Kevin Aouli is going to be back with us. Jordan Sherwood as well. And Wes Reynolds, my co-host on the weekend's is gonna be back in here to break down this card. But it is always great to have you on Nick here. As I say, you always set the numbers right behind us in Combat Sport here at Circus Sportsbook. And I look at these two title fights, and I've been trying to watch the line movement as the weeks have gone on here, as we get closer and closer to Prohashka against Glover to Shara. And it feels like Prohashka has been steamed pretty highly, right? And I even saw it today at circa minus two ten. Where do you expect that number as high as it might top out?
2: It's been staying steady. I opened at minus 210, and it's still at 210 at circa. Now, the market did open up a lot lower, and the the betting action did come his way, Prohaska's way, up until this point. Now it's kind of settled at 210. I don't think it's going to go too much higher. I mean, maybe it peaks around minus 220, 225-ish, but I think, if anything, it'll actually drop by the time we get closer to fight time because I think Glover will get that respect as the dog money will come in.
1: At DraftKings right now, minus $1.95 for Pahashka. So I wonder if that's going to change as well. So, again, the reason why we try to tell you these things is obviously shop around, try to get the best number depending on the fighter that you like here. But when you look at these two fighters at 205 pounds, it is almost splitting how different they are, right? The pathway for DeShera to become champion versus the guy that many assume will be champion, and he is the heir apparent Mm -hmm. to the throne that Clover DeShera now has. Glover's a little bit older, a little bit longer in the tooth. But there are pathways for both these guys to get the win. It feels like Glover probably wants to take this fight down to the ground, and we assume Prochaska wants to keep this standing. Is that the way you're seeing it when it comes in for for methods to victory here? A hundred percent. Because,
2: I mean, for Yuri Prochaska to win this fight, it's more than likely by knockout. So we're going to get the betting action by knockout. I don't think he's going to win on the scorecards. He's not going to submit Glover. Even if it's one of those sub and club type of situations sure. where he rocks him and then hops on a sub, I doubt that happens with Glover and Jiri, right? So I do think it's Yuri by knockout. Glover can win by submission. He can win by finish as well as far as knockout on the feet, too. I wouldn't count that out. So we will get some action more so on Glover on both of those options. You
1: know, it's because it's it's over in Singapore. The the weigh-ins and the uh, stare-downs a little bit earlier than normal. And I did catch the stare-down. And I know that sometimes you don't read into what you see there. But, you know, Prost is a scary dude, right? <laughs> Art of War, all those sort of things. And Glover looked like, been there, done that. Like, this doesn't phase me. Is it possible that this is still the best Glover Share that the world is seeing right now?
2: I think it is. I mean, obviously, Father Time catches up with everybody, right? So, I mean, he's at that point in his career where he's defying the odds, literally, he right? Is. I mean, he's one of those special guys at age 42 that was able to capture that crown. But that being said, I, I do think physically and mentally he is in the best shape in the best spot in his life in his whole career but again can he keep maintaining that i don't know we'll see as it goes
1: you know what's really intriguing here in a potential five round title fight is when you look at the round prop and and i see one and a half and you go wow it's double dog daring <laughs> you to take the over because again if you kind of think that to share his pathway to victory that would mean maybe wrestling he gets a takedown he can stall maybe the fire and fury here of Prohoshka in the first round. If you like Prohoshka, are you seeing money come in on the under for backers of Prohoshka?
2: Um I, I think so. We're seeing both because... Prohaska Prochaska can finish this fight, like we said, by knockout early on, more than likely, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people don't believe he can survive against Glover on the ground. That's why you're seeing the action coming on the under, right? Because, like you said, he might be able to grind Prohaska out. But more than likely, if he gets the opportunity to get Prohaska on his back with a little bit of time to work, he's probably going to win this fight by submission. So that's why you're seeing the under being so intriguing to the betters out there. And they are taking that under more so than the over.
1: Are you surprised the way—look, you said it here at 210, so it hasn't really moved since that— but we're talking maybe a month ago at some other places where it came in 135, 140, mm-hmm. and then immediately ballooned up. Do you think that is is the public is looking at it like, oh, this is an old guy in Teixeira that I don't trust, and this is the up-and-comer in Prahashka. Is that why we've seen it so over $2 favorite for a guy that doesn't have the resume, not many do, that Glover Share has.
2: Absolutely. You have to factor that into the equation for sure. There is hype that's getting put into the line a little bit. The expectations, a lot of people believe he is the heir apparent. He is the type of marketable marketable fighter that the UFC could really push to another level, right? Because this guy, like you said, he buys into it. He's got that true traditional martial arts kind of feel style, that samurai warrior type of of feel, right? So this guy could be a big star, and he's out there finishing his opponent, so he's an exciting fighter to watch. So everything kind of feels like that, and it is kind of worked into the price a little bit, too.
1: You know, it's interesting, because I think a lot of people might go, oh, this is like people talking about fights, hyping up. No, just go watch Yuri Prohoshka, the way he trains. He's got the samurai sword out there. He's not faking it, people. This is his life. This is a way, mentally, that he prepares for this as the art of war. So that's the way he's going into it, and I think that's why backers of Prochaska are leaning towards the under one and a half at plus money because they just think he's going to be that that unstoppable force. We'll find out if Glover can step in his way and retain his strap. I mentioned two title bouts. Here you have Talia Santos who's going to try to do what not, not a lot of women can do, and that's beat the bullet. And that's Valentina Shevchenko, of course, at 135 pounds now. So the bullet, I don't think there's any doubt that at 125 Well, she clearly is the best 125-pounder in the world. If she goes back up to 135 and meets Amanda Nunez... For a trilogy fight, that could be interesting. But in this weight class, is anybody her equal at 125? Nobody is. I mean, we haven't seen it. I don't think we're going to see it.
2: Like I said, for me, this is probably one of the toughest spots for Shevchenko because at least Santos on the other side of things, she's physical. She's strong. She does have some knockout power. She does have that submission ability in the ground game with the wrestling to go along with it. But can she maintain it to steal three rounds of the fight or even possibly finish Shevchenko? Hard to believe she can do it because nobody else has it thus far. So, yeah, Shevchenko is just head and shoulders above everybody in that weight class right now. But I am intrigued by this matchup. Like I said, I think Santos can give her some problems, especially
1: early on. Yeah, no question about it. And again, I'm not trying to move her out of the fly division. She's the best fly we've ever seen, mm-hmm. right? But the reason why I always bring up Amanda Nunes and something you and I talked about in First Strike, First Look, which I thought was fascinating. If she does win at 125 and wipes out Santos early, I think the division, it's like, who else is there for her to, to kind of regurgitate uh, at 125 pounds and then potentially move up to 135? Is Santos that bigger woman even at 125 that could get her more ready to go back up if she wants to move up in weight? I think so, yeah. I mean, I mean, you there's a lot of similarities, I think. I
2: mean, you can't compare anybody to Nunez, but no. if there's somebody that's going to be close, it's probably a fighter like Santos, right? Right, yeah. So, I do believe that.
1: And so, again, I look at the the, uh, the total rounds here at three and a half, just a little bit uh, slightly to the over here at mm-hmm. three and a half rounds. I always feel like, even though again, at 125 pounds, they're equal in weight, but Santos feels like the bigger woman to me physically. So normally, Shevchenko will wait a little bit early to feel out "Quote unquote," the bigger opponent. Right. Do you think that might play out here if you want to back an over of three and a half rounds?
2: Right now, we are getting some sharp action. We've had uh, people laying minus one forty-five, minus one sixty from sharp groups that have laid us the over right now. So we're respecting that. That's why we're probably top of the market right now in comparison to everybody else. But yeah, I, I do feel that way. I think that a lot of people are going to think that this kind of settles in. Like I said, the first couple rounds are going to be very competitive, and then the sweet spot is probably that three and a half. I think it, it could hit the scorecards. Obviously, if it gets that far, then the likeliness of it hitting the cards is pretty good. But that being said, I could see a finish in round four, round five. Either way, really, but more likely Shevchenko gets it done later if it happens.
1: When you're talking about a $6 favorite in Valentina Shevchenko, will it be a popular play for people to bet her by decision at plus $1.10 so they can get plus value instead of laying that big number? Because I don't believe many believe that Santos could win in the cards.
2: Right. Uh, absolutely. We are going to see that. We're going to probably have to keep on adjusting that that particular prop because I think that's the way a lot of people do believe is going to win is on the scorecards.
1: Maybe the fight of the night could be Wigley Zhang against Joanna Young-Jaychik in a rematch. Uh, you look at these two women in the first time around. I mean, I don't know how this fight can live up to what we saw the first time. And now we're going to truncate this thing into three rounds in a non-title fight. What do you expect, and what are the, what are the money and, and the betters showing you so far? Which way they think this fight's going to go? I open it at minus one seventy. It's steady at minus one seventy again. The
2: market, the rest of the market has been bopping up and down a little bit here, right? I'm yeah. expecting the money to come in on joanna because obviously the former title holder. I mean, she's got so much respect from the MMA betters out there, the she MMA betting com- the community in general, right? So she's a legend in the sport. I think it's hard to see plus. 40 or plus 50 or whatever the case may be next to her name and not take a bet at it. So I think the public will come in that, that way. I think we'll see some sharp action come in that way as well. But then the sharps will pounce on Zhang because I think as the price drops a little bit, the value probably opens up on Zhang.
1: You know, what's interesting to me too is, and by the way, I went back and watched this fight. I encourage everybody to do it before you watch tomorrow night. I mean, the, it just doesn't get much better. And you, you're almost reliving it again going, wow, it was as great as I recalled it to be. Now again, two and a half rounds is the total here. I actually think there might be playable to the under just because now they're getting a little bit up there, 32, 34, Mm -hmm. you, you take a lot of damage and sometimes it might not be that, that, you know, all those shots, And sometimes maybe the chins start to go a little bit. Is that possibly in play here? Very possible. We've seen
2: them both, despite me saying how good they are and how durable typically they are, they've both been finished early in fights, right? So we could possibly see this happen again, especially they got that offensive firepower. They have the finishing ability. And again, we've seen them get finished in the past. So yeah, I would not lay the chalk on over two and a half. If you're going to bet the total, it's probably looking at the under, just leave it alone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, both these women thinking that a win tomorrow night in Singapore might catapult them back into title contention here. Uh, crowns they both had at the 115-pound division. Uh, very quickly, any other fight that you've seen money move in that kind of caught your eye here at Circa?
2: Um, there's been a few of them. Uh, Maddalena uh, taking some action against uh, Ameev, That's been a popular yep. one as well. We've seen some early action on Madalena, some sharp action that way, and then we're seeing some buyback on Ameev. Of course, Brendan mm-hmm. Allen and Makoon, that's been a very popular kind of chalky play because it was sitting around minus 200. Now it's closer to minus 300 yep. on the Allen side as well. Those seem to be getting a lot of action right now.
1: Uh, very quickly, we have about a minute to go. Whenever you have a pay-per-view of this cow, Caliber. Obviously, uh, UFC on the line. You guys are going to really uh, get into the weeds here in this card. What can they expect on UFC Fight Pass?
2: We have UFC on the line available right now on UFCfightpass.com, so check it out. It is for... Yanni the Greek, myself, and this time it's John Anik actually hosting wow. our show as well, so okay. shout out to John Annick there, and we do cover the aspect every aspect there is uh, to cover as far as the betting angles of this card, our best bets our prop bets, everything there is to it, and then also we just launched recently a new podcast called The Gambler's Perspective mm. that's also available on UFC Fight Pass. Tell
1: on. me about The Gambler's Perspective real quick in and about 20 it's seconds. It's kind
2: of a supplemental little podcast that goes along with UFC on the line so it's available every week, and again, it's myself and Yanni the Greek, and we break down every UFC card, we give a hot topic of the week of course, our best bets, and then we bring on a guest for about five to ten minutes as well
1: color me intrigue yeah, i'm it's, in it's pretty follow fun. nick on twitter at fight odds nick always appreciate the time and the information as always thank you love being here thank you kevin i always going to join us next right here on first strike on Visa in the sports betting network DraftKings Sportsbook is now live with same game parlays for UFC 275. Combine multiple bets, including money line, fight length, over under, significant strikes, and much more. All users can make their first same game parlay bet and double your winning if that bet cashes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the code VSIN, and make your first UFC same game parlay today. What better time to do that than before? UFC 275 back here on First Strike. I am Dave Ross. A pleasure. They have Kevin Ioli rejoin the program. Kevin, great to have you back here on First Strike to talk about this UFC 275 card. You can follow Kevin as I do at Kevin I on Twitter, because when I think fights, I always like to get your insight to them. Uh, let's go down the card a little bit before we get to the two title fights here uh, tomorrow night in Singapore. Let's start off with Andrew Fialo against Jake Matthews right now. Matthews, a small dog here. What play do you like in this one, Kevin?
4: I like Matthews to win this fight. I mean, Fialo, uh coming off that big knockout of, what was it, uh, 273, I think, mm-hmm. or or huge knockout that he had, but I think Matthews uh, is a more well-rounded fighter, um, and he's been in camp for a while. Whereas, you know, when you when you have a fight, then you go back. You know, you don't that second camp sometimes isn't always the best, right? Um, you know, I think I like Fiallo. I think he's a pretty good fighter, um, but I, I think Matthews takes this here. I think he's going to control where the fight is fought. Uh, I think he can mix it up a little better. So I like Matthews. I will take that. Uh, you know, I see he's about what about a dollar and a quarter so. dollar and a quarter right yeah
1: as it where it stands right now and again you look at this fight at 170 pounds and the over under for the total rounds here two and a half for this three round fight potentially here the under is uh juice slightly minus a dollar 35 kevin with your fight script there do you think he gets it done before we hit the cards no, I, I think that it's
4: gonna go to the distance. That's another you know, I, I think if Fiallo wins it, it's going to be uh, you know, inside the distance. But I think if Matthews wins it, it's gonna go the distance. And since I like Matthews, I like it to be
1: a long fight. So I, I like the over in that one. Well, right, you can get plus money at that too, plus a dollar five. So Matthews plus a dollar twenty five to win the fight. And the over two-and-a-half rounds right now, you can get plus money there at plus 105. Okay, it's not a title fight, but it feels like a title fight <laughs> when you have Yelani Young-Jek-Chick against uh, Wigley Jang here in that rematch. What a scintillating first fight they had at 115 pounds. Now, we're going to move this down here to just three rounds potentially for this uh, firefight. It could be the fight of the night, even though it's not for a belt. Kevin, how do you, how do you frame up this rematch here? Well, I think this
4: is an interesting rematch because uh, – Yajorczyk yeah, hasn't fought for two years. Basically, since that last fight, she has sat out and hasn't done anything. And a lot of times, I think that's the right move to make because you let your body heal from those really brutal fights. Uh, but she needs uh, a win here in a worse way. They both really do. Uh, Wiley has lost twice to Rose Nami Yunus. So has uh, Joanna. So there's a lot going on here under the table. The winner has been promised a title shot. I like, I like Wiley Zhang in this fight. And the reason why is I think the influence of Henry Mm. Uh, What adjustments can they make for the first fight? Well, if you look at Joanna's career, she pretty much is what she is, a stand-up fighter. You know, She's got a good variety of strikes, but she is going to come at you on her feet. Um, Wiley Zhang uh, has always had a little bit of wrestling, but since she's worked with Henry Cejudo at the Fight Ready team, uh, I think it's got a little bit better. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on both of these women to win, uh, but I, I like Wiley. I think she squeaks it out. It could, this is one of those fights that could go out Either way, But I think the fact that she has that
1: wrestling ability and can work on that, I, I like that. So I'm going to go with Wiley Zhang. Here. You know, just had Nick Likas on, uh, obviously, who sets the numbers here at Circa, and he was making the point, Kevin, and he believes that when people see the plus money for Ioana Young Jacek, he expects some of that money to start coming in on her. So maybe if you want to get greedy here and you're backer of Wiley Zhang, and I'm kind of with you on that side as well, you might want to wait because that number could come down even a little bit here. more here, minus $1.60 as it stands today. Everybody assumes this fight's going to go the distance, right, after what we saw the first time around. And it's over a $3 uh, price tag right now to go over two and a half rounds. Do you, see, do you see a scenario, Kevin, where this potentially could get stopped earlier than people think?
4: i do you know i mean i think this is one of those fights where hey look at how they fought last time now neither one of them can be the same right there's no way they can be the same as they were going into that they were able to take all those shots now two years later you know if they get hit with those kind of shots what's it going to do i also think the fact that they both have lost twice to rose nami Eunice is going to be a factor in this fight because they know they need to look good in this fight so sometimes when you know hey, you need to win really badly you need to look good Uh, you take risks, and especially for Joanna, who isn't going to have as much of a ground game. You know, she takes a risk. You know, Wiley can hit hard. We saw that with what she did against uh, Jessica Andrade, among others. Uh, Wiley has that power. You know, Wiley is... uh, one of the stronger, if not the strongest, woman in that division. I think where she sometimes comes short is, you know, in her uh, mm-hmm. fight game uh, preparation. Uh, so I do think there's a chance that this could finish inside the distance.
1: I do too, as well, Kevin. Very quickly, let's play Sean Shelby here and matchmaker, if we will. You mentioned the winner's been, been promised a title bout here against Carlos Spars the new champion here at 115 pounds. I, I'm sure that Yolanda would love to see that. I'm sure Waley Zhang would as well. The loser. Do we put the loser with Rose Namajunas? Is that the way you see this play out in the in the big four at 115 pounds? Boy, I
4: tell you, and I, I said this to Dana White when I interviewed him the other day. You know, uh, it that's a tough one because they've both fought her twice, right? They both lost twice, and 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 especially with. Um, with uh, Ioana, they were decisive losses, mm-hmm. right? They weren't. Well, the second fight with between Rose and Wiley, you know, you could argue who won that fight. It was a split decision. You could argue who won the fight. So I think the matchmakers are going to have a tough time uh, matching the loser of this fight because one of the best fighters in that division, but it's going to have a lot of losses in a row. And that, that you know, who wants to fight somebody coming off of three straight losses? That's really difficult.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's with Kevin Ioli. Follow him on Twitter at Kevin I. Let's stay on that theme here with these ladies, uh, but let's just go up to 125 where the bullet is going to take on Talia Santos here, Valentina Shevchenko. We look at her pound for pound. You can make the argument best fighter on the planet. I, I think that's, you can certainly put her in the equation there with Amanda Nunes, despite those two losses to Amanda here at 125 pounds on that same vein. If you're Dana White, if she wipes out Talia Santos in Singapore, what would be next for the bullet? Would you like to see her move up to 135 again? And maybe see Nunes one more time at 135.
4: Well, you know, UFC 277 is going to have Nunes in a rematch with Juliana Pena for the belt. So I think Dana Dana has conceded, like, you know, if Valentina wins this one, she's probably going to go up and fight at 35. Uh, It's going to be the question of who does she face. If uh, Juliana beats Amanda in the rematch then I think you'll see Valentina rematch Juliana. Valentina submitted Juliana in a fight a couple of years ago at 135. Uh, that was right before she dropped down to go uh, uh, into the flyweight division. If Amanda wins, I think it's a really big fight, you know, because you can make the argument, especially on the second one, but on both of them, that Valentina won those fights. I mean, they were very close, and so I never criticize the judges when the fights are that close. But I think you can make the argument that uh, Valentina won both of those. So you put her in with Amanda again, and that is a fight that a lot of people are going to want to see. So they have options there because I think there's a lot of good fights they can make for Valentina.
1: No question. She's over $6 favorite, 6.30, to retain that strap against Santos. And again, the over uh, three and a half rounds right now is juiced to the over at minus $1.75. That'll be an interesting co-main event, but let's get to the main. Let's get to go over to Shara, and let's give the old man his due here as he's got that strap. But the betting market is not. They're all backing Yuri Perhashka here to be and new, and right now it's close to $2 across the board, 195 here at DraftKings. What do you make of this matchup at 205?
4: This is a fight to me that I see no way it goes to a decision, right? So, I mean, whoever wins is going to win by finish. That's how I see this fight going Uh Prohaska, you know, got a title fight after just two victories in the UFC. So think of what that says about what they think of him, right? I mean, they, and, and he's ranked number two in the division after just two fights. So that shows that obviously a lot of people are really high on him. But Glover Teixeira is one of the most beloved fighters in the sport, and when he beat Jan Blachowicz to win the light heavyweight title, you know so many people were happy for him. There was a big celebration for him. You know, uh, Teixeira is one of those guys that he's always been good, but he's gotten better as he's learned his body a little bit, and the UFC PI helped him out mm-hmm. a lot. Of training he was one of those guys that kind of trained crazy dave and now he you know he's he does it more on a scientific basis when he can push hard he does when he needs a rest he rests uh and that that has improved him and and you've seen that in his not only his title fights but in the couple fights when he beat anthony smith and guys like that so i think this is interesting you know both of them are good strikers but prohaska has the better more explosive striking but then the ground game becomes the issue is uh Prohaska have any way to uh, combat the ground game if it gets to the ground. And I don't think he does. That's why I think you know, you've know you got two chips uh, in the uh, pot for uh, Glover because he can do he can knock you out or he can submit you. And then you have Yuri that can uh, get the submission. But I, I, I like, I mean the, the knockout. But I like Yuri to win this. I think he's too explosive um, and I think he's right at that peak period of time. And I think you're going to see
1: him finish Glover in this fight. Yeah, normally I, I try to go with, with the older guys. As an old guy myself here, Kevin, but i kind of right there you you. What I mean? <laughs> you look great i just think that for hosker right now i think you're right on that first round is going to be very very intriguing kevin really appreciate the time and the information enjoy the fights can't wait to have you back on here on first strike there he is everybody kevin aioli when we come back we're going to go to chicago and jordan sherwood come on back it's first strike on visa the sports betting network DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet on the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on more ways than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. Eligible restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Back here on First Strike, I am Dave Ross, UFC 275. Two title bouts are going to be happening in Singapore here to help us break it all down. Our guy in Chicago Jordan Sherwood, great to have you back in the program, my friend. Uh, Tell the people about the podcast with no name.
5: Yeah, the Unnamed MMA podcast. uh, It uh, debuts every week on ESPN Chicago, and we talk about the fights. We talk about some of the plays that I'm liking. Maybe we get a Chicago in on the show, Bilal Muhammad, Curtis Blades, a couple other guys. Uh, Yeah, but still, no name. No need to reinvent the wheel at all, Dave. The (laughs) Unnamed MMA podcast with me and Adam Abdallah. That's how we're going to run with it. Until uh, we we get creative, I guess, and uh, come up with an actual name.
1: I miss those Chicago days, and uh, I'm sure if it's if it ain't broke, uh, you don't need to fix it, my friend. Keep on rolling. Let's get to some of the those plays that you might like here on this card in Singapore. Very interesting card. We'll get to the top heavy uh, heavy portion of it, but let's start off with uh, Madelena against Meave here because this is a, kind of a newcomer here, Madelena, uh, in the UFC, and I know there's a lot of hype there behind Jack. What do you make of this matchup here now? About a dollar minus. Um, minus $1.55 here against Amiv, plus one thirty-five in the comeback.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting when you get a fight like this where it, it it's a hype train that the UFC has in the Australian. You know, he's 11-2 for a reason. He's in this spot for a reason, you know, starting off the pay-per-view. He's shown good hands. He's got heavy counters. I think he's got nine wins via KO, and he's not lost in six years, 11 straight wins. Um, but now, look, wrestling is going to be contested because that's what Amiv does. You know, we've, we've seen him countless times. With his wins over Zawada, his wins over, you know, Sam Alby. And, uh, you know, even though in a loss to Danny Roberts, the guy hunts for takedowns. Mm -hmm. And when he gets them, you know, he's a very difficult out. I think he's seven and two, you know, in his mixed martial arts career in the UFC. So uh, I'm in in, on uh, Maddalena. I I think the hype is real. I think, again, the UFC at times, you know, finds a fighter and finds the right fighter. And this is a guy that I think is going to be uh, able to counter the takedowns and score enough damage on the feet for him to get his hand raised tomorrow night. I'm not predicting a finish. I think we're going to have a slow methodical three round fight. But at the end of the day, I think the points, the scoring, the striking is going to be enough and the takedown defense is going to be enough or Amiv is not going to be able to execute his game plan. So like I like Matalina. Small money play, small money line for him to win the fight and win it on points.
1: Yeah, 10 years of the junior of Amiv here. So it'd be very interesting because remember, Amiv does have the the, uh, the reach advantage by three inches, so you got to get inside there and sometimes you get close. Maybe a takedown could happen there, but it does feel like the hype train is real here for the Aussie. Let's get to Andrew Fiallo against uh, Jake Matthews here. Matthews now a small pl- plus on the uh, comeback here against Fiallo. What do you make of this matchup here, uh, Andrew? Right now is minus a dollar forty-five.
5: Yeah, I mean, look how crazy it is that Fiallo like literally. This is his eighth fight in the last sixteen months. <laughs> he was <laughs> impressive. What was it about three, four weeks ago? And he's like, yeah, I want to be on that UFC Singapore card. I'm like, okay, let's put him on the Singapore card. And now, <laughs> you look, he's got a good test. You know, Jake Matthews. What let's recall? He was at one time, I think, on a six and one run through the welterweight division until he just recently lost to, uh, to Sean Brady. This is going to be similar to the fight we just talked about is Fiala going to be able to keep this fight standing or is Jake Matthews going to be able to get some takedowns? And, and, and quite frankly, uh, Michelle pajaya who Fiala made his UFC debut against in short notice was able to get some takedowns and, and pay is not a takedown artist. No Jake Matthews certainly is, but I'm writing, I- I'm writing the hot streak right now. I, I think Fiala ha- has got some great, great stand-up. He's got some great counters, a left hook that uh, caused some issues for Jake Matthews in that Sean Brady fight. So I think the smart play, it's particularly because of the run that Fiala is on, the hot streak that he's on, and his ability to fight in these the short notice situation, third time fighting in less than two months. Uh, I like him to win the fight, Dave. I also think he wins the fight inside the distance. Yeah. I, I think striking is going to be some major issues for Jake Matthews to deal with. We've seen him stopped before. Fialo is my pick. Fiala inside the distance is my pick as well.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because, again, the correlating uh, the, the method of victory here, the under two and a half rounds right now, it is juiced a little bit, minus $1. thirty-five. But to your uh, line of thinking there, if Fiala gets it done, probably will get it done with his hands. And that means it could come inside the distance there under those two and a half rounds. All right, let's get right to the rematch. And again, there's always on a pay-per-view card, right, Jordan? There's one fight that that's not for a title, that people might even get more excited for than even the title bouts. And these title bouts should be great. But when you have Weili Zhang against Ioana Young Jacek once again, but this time now, no belt on the line, so it's just potentially a three-round match. Let's start there. Do you think it goes the distance like the first time around here, or do you think maybe potentially somebody stops somebody else?
5: Well, look, you, you know, I spoke with confidence over the previous two fights that we just talked about. I'm not going to speak with a lot of confidence over this fight <laughs> because I think there's such unpredictability with both fighters. I mean, Joanna Jacek, we haven't seen her fight in two and a half years. We haven't seen her fight since that five-round war, which many consider to be the greatest women's fight of all time mm-hmm. uh, against, you know, Lee. So there's that component. What is Joanna Jacek going to be able to do, or do differently uh, in the fight? And then, you know, with with Lei, with with Zing and like. Her last two fights, head kick knockout of Rosenham and Eunice, then the rematch, which some argued she won, but she lost. How is she going to look? And now you're going to have to couple that into a three-round fight. Here's what we do know, or here's what I do know. Yana Jacek's going to have the speed advantage, and if she uses leg kicks from a distance, she's going to win the fight. What Lee's going to have to do is utilize her power, get in the pocket, and look for the takedowns. And I think she was one of six in uh, the previous fight when they fought. And that was a five round fight. So I'm, I am I think there's, I, I know more of like what I've seen from Lee because she's fought recently and I know what she's going to be able to do. So I hate doing this with you, Dave, like <laughs> slight lean on her, but I have no idea. That's because nice. again, just Yolanda, Yolanda y- was Yolanda champion. She was a dominating champion, a dominating fighter. And then Rose and Yunus humbled her. And since that point, she has not been the same fighter. Yeah, no. so Joanna goes back to who she is at her core, that the Muay Thai, the kickboxing, the speed, the precision and, and the volume, like she could steal the fight very, very easily. But I don't believe there's a fish. I think this is going to the judges scorecards and it's gonna depend. The power to takedowns of Laylee versus Yolanda's precision strike.
1: Yeah, I, look, it is a confusing fight. So no apologies necessary because I'm with you. Handicapping this one is very hard to do because when you when you basically tell people, just call me Yolanda champion, that was her mentality until she wasn't the champion. But now I think she sees a pathway back there against Carlos Sparza. The winner of this fight is going to get that title shot. So both these women are going to be really hungry to not just put on a show but get that victory. And again, over right now, it is juiced heavily over $3 over two and a half rounds if that fight does end up going to the judges' scorecards. Okay, let's get to those title bouts here. Valentina Shevchenko against Talia Santos here, over a $6 favorite for the bullet. You can understand why. I keep regarding her as somebody looking to make that pathway back to 135. Do you see a smaller, less heavy Amanda Nunes when you look at Santos? Is this almost a preliminary fight for a potential trilogy fight if she does move up and cleans out this division once and for all? Yeah,
5: Valentina Shevchenko's got, got a lot on the line in this. It, it's legacy. You know, she has an opportunity to break the record for consecutive title defenses in women's mixed martial arts. She's currently tied with Ronda Rousey. Now, granted, Amanda Nunez was, was defending two titles, so I still consider her to be the record holder. But mm-hmm. bottom line is, like, she's not, and Valentina Shevchenko is. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko deserves all the hype, uh, and, and she's got a multitude of ways to win this fight. Again, utilizing kind of similarly what we were talking about with Joanna. Using her precision, using her speed, and then you know, make, quite honestly, looking for some takedowns. But Tyler Santos is the most favored underdog I think <laughs> Shevchenko has fought in the last six or seven fights, and rightly so. I mean, she's nineteen and one for a reason. She should be twenty and zero. A split decision loss in her UFC debut, and, and look, she does hit hard, like you just alluded to with Amanda Nunez. She's very athletic, very powerful. Uh, Ten fights have you know have gone her way via KO, and she. But she's going to have to realize she can't just come forward. This is a different animal in Valentina Shipchenko My My, my side on the fight is clearly Shipchenko to retain. I think we get a finish. I think mm. Shipchenko understands what's at stake. Not only the record, being able to hold it, but quite frankly, as you just said, she could challenge, go up and wait and get that third fight, either with Amanda Nunez or you know, maybe she gets it with Juliana Pena. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that would be a, a, an interesting certainly fight as well. So my play on this fight is certainly shipchenko inside the distance. There's not a lot of value there. Even I think it's a dollar 10 dollar 20 in some spots. Yeah. Take the under. So take the under because it's plus money at three and a half. I think we get a finish Shevchenko gets a finish and she's been finishing people uh, during this title run.
1: All right, got to wrap it up here with Jordan Sherwood, but this, because we didn't get to the main event, you got to find out who Jordan likes on the unnamed MMA podcast, people. That's the way you got to get it. Jordan, appreciate the time and the information. As always, my friend, enjoy the fights. We'll catch up with you again next week. When, well, we, come, when we come back here, Wes Reynolds is going to join me talking all things UFC 275 on V-CIN, sports Betty Network. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Well, check out VEASAN's Best Bets Podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts, tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks in Vegas and across the entire country. Download the VEASAN Best Bets Podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hopefully you're listening to First Strike and check out First Strike First Look each and every Tuesday as we try to give you a look ahead before we get to the main events on a Saturday. And we do have a huge main event here, UFC 275 in Singapore. I love bringing in Wes Reynolds, my partner right here on Visa, for the majority of our time, to talk some UFC. Wes, thanks for taking the time to join us here on First Strike. And I know that you look at these fights, and when you really break down a card, I think you do something that's very, very important, and that is – you look at why fights are made. Can you tell the people your handicapping strategy in some of those events where you think you might be able to find an angle as to why the UFC's booked a particular fight?
6: Yeah, and Dave, good to be on with you again. Uh, Just looking at how fights are booked, if you will, and I know that's an old pro-wrestling term, the booker. (laughs) You know, you book a match to get somebody over in a match or to build a storyline or something like that. And I think that that does apply a little bit to UFC. Uh the longtime matchmaker of UFC was Joe Silva. I know he's not with the company anymore, but Joe Silva was a big pro wrestling fan. And I think a lot of guys that work within the company are closet wrestling fans. So they kind of book fights I think for a certain reason or a certain storyline, you know, maybe young prospect against a veteran that's a big name but might be aging on the down on the downward spiral of their career and they want to get a young prospect to win because they want to build up some wins. We kind of saw that with uh, Packy over there in Europe at a few fight cards ago earlier this year. That's a guy that they want to build, I think, as a draw and build as a star. So they're giving him fights that they believe he can win. So sometimes you see that. Sometimes you see, okay, you know, aging fighter, maybe they want to cut a contract because, look, Mm -hmm. you can't have everybody under contract in this organization. So sometimes, you know, if you're looking at a fighter that you may cut and they're fighting for their job and you probably let them know that, and if they lose and you might want them to lose, that's somebody that you can cut in terms of payroll.
1: That's a great point, Wes, and Sean Shelby, who does those those matchmakers uh, with the UFC, you're right. I think they do take that into account here for guys that they think this is the next step. We saw this Certainly, you go back in boxing, for the historians of boxing, that's the way you kind of groom some younger fighters to try to get those wins, pad that record. Maybe a point there that you found here, Steve Garcia uh, against Machete, because, yeah, Machete's got that six-fight win streak, but the the, the opponents, 24 and 41 combined, those guys that he beat in that six-fight win streak. Do you see a, a simulation here where potentially the hype train of Machete might, maybe you go with Garcia here as the veteran in the UFC.
6: Yeah, I do like Garcia, and apparently the market does too because it went from 140 to about 180, 185 as we have this conversation here Friday afternoon. And maybe I would use this because it's lost a little bit of value from its opener. Maybe you use this as like one of a two-leg parlay or something if you want to go with like Valentina Shipschenko or mm-hmm. Allen, one of the bigger favorites on the card. But... I think you make a good point about about the Chinese Spider that was a uh, part of the Dana White Contender Series he was actually the only Chinese Spider to get a contract that season and he has fought down competition meanwhile You look at Garcia, this is a guy that slugged it out in Bellator pretty early in his career, knocked out Olympic alternate wrestler Sean Bunch in his second pro bout, and he's shown the ability to come back from adversity. If you remember a couple fights ago, he fought Charlie Ontiveros, who put him on his butt with two knockdowns, and then came back to win by TKO in the second round. So... This is a guy that I think has just been in a little bit taller waters, maybe, than the Chinese fighter Mahasheita. I may have butchered that name. I apologize. But nevertheless, I do like Garcia here. But probably with the 40-cent move, you might want to look at it as a parlay filler. Yeah, I think
1: that's good advice there, too. And again, normally fighters with one name, you know, you think like divas like Madonna and Prince— and it's like normally those are the people you, you don't want to fade, but I think this might be a fadeable spot here uh, with Steve Garcia as the proven veteran uh, in MMA, that's for sure. Let's talk about uh, two guys that feel like they're, they're right now at 27, 28, kind of coming in on their own. Jake Matthews against uh, Andrew uh, against Andre Fialo, uh Andrew Fialo here. And Fiallo here is coming off a nice win just a couple of weeks ago, and now he's right back in there against Matthews. What do you make of this matchup here? Pretty evenly priced, small plus money here on Matthews.
6: Yeah, I think this is a sneaky good fight to be the opener on uh, the uh, pay-per-view portion of the card. I think it got moved to that with one of the fights dropping out. But Matthews is a guy that fights a lot on these international cards, especially in Australia, where he's from. New Zealand has won on a Singapore card. So has fought both in Oceania and in Asia. And that's where he gets most of his wins. But If you look at this, this is pretty even, Uh, you know, maybe Fialho is going to march him down and punch him out like he did Cameron Van Camp last month. And, you know, Andre Fialho, I think, is the more powerful fighter Mm -hmm. with 13 knockouts and 16 wins, 11 of them in the first round. But, you know, Matthews, I I think he's got the experience and the wherewithal to kind of stay away. If it goes to the ground, I do like Matthews. Wrestling game. And I think that's what makes him a live underdog because he's just so durable. He's not an easy guy necessarily to finish, kind of hangs in there, really embraces the grind. I think he's really committed. You know, to be in a little bit more of a grappler, He's just kind of tried to mix it up and be a little bit better on the feet. But I think in a fight like this, this is where you go to your bread and butter with the wrestling. So I like Jake Matthews plus a dollar thirty.
1: And the one thing worries me a little bit about Andre Fiallo in this fight, and I know he says, "Hey, I want to get right back in there." But sometimes you get back in there, and all of a sudden that that cardio that you thought you still had might not be there for the takedowns here for Jake Matthews, who will, will be attempting to get this fight down to the mat. Uh, Let's talk about the bullet, because Valentina Shevchenko, you don't make a whole lot of money if you bet against her, right? And I know there's going to be some people, and I actually do believe that Taya Santos could be a live dog. I don't know that I necessarily like her to win this fight, but I think she might be able to extend this fight here. What do you make of this matchup here for the 125-pound strap?
6: Yeah, I think, uh, I think she could uh, provide a little bit of problem for Valentina. But look, Valentina's uh, two fights that she's lost over the last several years were to the greatest female fighter of all time, Amanda Nunez. So certainly no shame in that. And you just look at what Valentina does. She has a way kind of to turn her opponent's strength against them. Mm-hmm. You look, Jessica Andrade, a really powerful puncher, and Valentina overpowered her. Lauren Murphy, really good wrestler on the mat and Valentina wrestled her. Caitlin Chukagian, who's really crafty with her striking, very diverse with her style, and Valentina had her time perfectly. So this is a step up in class for Talia Santos. And I think she will give Valentina maybe a little bit better fight. But being that this is a title fight and this is gonna go five rounds, you do wonder a little bit about Santos when she gets in deep water. Like, I think she'll look okay early on the first round or two, but when you get, you know, in that fourth and fifth round, Mm -hmm. I wonder, and she has never been in that situation before. Had a lot of decisions, you know, with Roxy Montefiore, with Robertson, with Molly McCann, and then submitted Joanne Wood last time out, but she's never been in these deep waters in these long title fights. So I just think... Valentina, you know, just on sure will and sure conditioning kind of wears her down and finishes her late. So Valentina Shevchenko inside the distance.
1: Uh, I see that fight playing out very similarly to you, Wes. I do like the over three and a half, but I think Valentina could get that late round stoppage. Okay, we have about a minute to go. Yuri Perhoshka going to take on Glover Sheriff for the strap at 205. Is this and new or and still?
6: I think it's in new, and I hate to disrespect Glover Decherre because he doesn't get respect, and he certainly deserves it to win the light heavyweight title at 42 years old. I'm not all that confident to lay the two dollars with the Czech fighter Prohaska, but. I do think he finishes him. This guy's just a finishing machine, and you know, if this, if if he get, if he tags Glover early, I wonder how long Glover's going to last. Because I actually think if this fight goes longer, it's going to favor Glover because the Czech fighter doesn't really go late. He knocked out Ozdemir, knocked out Reyes in the last two fights, and I think we're going to see something similar here. So a new champion at 205.
1: I do not disagree. Wes Reynolds, great having you back on First Strike, my friend. And again, I'll be seeing you soon, right here. Uh, on Visa, but uh, Wes, I do have a little bit more time. Very quickly, the over/under on that fight is one and a half rounds here in the main event. So I got about thirty seconds. I actually think the under could be in play here. Do you see it going that quickly, or do you think it goes a little bit longer?
6: Yeah, I could see it. I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen quick, and if Glover can, you know, withstand that power. Then obviously that's gonna be a loser, but I don't know if he can against this young Jack Fighter.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. So again, uh, right now you can get a little bit of plus money here, plus a dollar twenty if it goes under a round and a half. Wes, appreciate your thoughts. As always, my friend. Wanna thank Jordan Sherwood, Kevin Ioli, and Nick Leakis for joining us here in studio. It's going to be wild. UFC two seventy-five in Singapore. Tomorrow, So don't forget about that time difference over there in Singapore. Thanks for watching. First strike right here on VEASAN. We will see you next week. First strike for first look on Tuesday and back here on first strike on Friday. Enjoy the fights. We'll see you next week.
3: Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in the bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop.
1: It is First Strike Overtime right here on Visa. and Dave Ross alongside our star-studded producer, Britton Hess. Going to have Britain's Bombs coming up here in a little bit. And you nailed Britain's Bomb last week. So I hope the people are listening because you gave out some, uh, some pretty damn good advice.
7: Oh, uh, you know, nothing too fancy. Favorite parlay, but if you really like the spot, you don't want to lay $2 on each fighter, put them together, and uh, you can win it. I mean, it's dangerous, though, because people think that it's that simple. Oh, I just find a couple favorites, put them together, make money. Right. But, but sometimes gotta...
1: if you don't want to lay it individually, right, and some yes. of these bigger-priced uh, fights that you see, and if you think that there's really a way to turn that that lane of the big number into profit, I think that's what you've been looking for, and it came up uh, big time last week. We'll get to that in just a second. But I do want to start right off the top, because, again, just talking to our guests here on First Strike, I feel like there's there's a decided two-way uh, pathway, if you will, for Prahasha to be and new and or Glover Teixeira to be and still. And that's the wrestling of Teixeira against the striking of Pahashka. If Depending on which way people see that fight, is it that simple to you?
7: No, I mean, I think that the belt that... Glover has is kind of more symbolic than actuality. Mm. We think about the light heavyweight division, John Jones owning it. There was Gustafson, there was Rumble Johnson, there was Daniel Cormier. Oh, man. Sure didn't have to beat any of them to get the belt. Blachowicz. It, 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 he had to beat Blachowicz who was also not exactly young. Really right. great. I love him. Love his power. But the problem is that Glover, or uh, Jan is basically a, a perfectly uh, built opponent for Glover. Right. Um, so I think he benefited from the kind of Red Sea parting and him getting the perfect person to be
1: it did work out very well but I I do think again Prohoshka this feels like again a guy 13 years his his junior here 42 years of age for Glover Glover looked great in the weigh-ins he's a professional we all know that as you mentioned kind of one of those fan favorites everybody roots for but this number has been steamed up here it's up to $1.95 at DraftKings over $2 here at Circa where we sit in Las Vegas so the money's all come in on Prohoshka I don't know that that there's going to be much buyback on Teixeira
7: no, I don't I don't see it and I think that you know if you do your 2 minutes research you're like oh Prosk has only been in the UFC for two fights. He's got two wins, but it's only two fights. But then if you dig deeper, he fought CB Dalloway, he fought Fabio Maldonado, he fought King Mo. Three U- MMA veterans, UFC veterans who've been around the sport for a long time. So, you know, Yuri's record is impressive. He's younger as you pointed out. He's more explosive. I don't know what he's going to fear from Glover. I don't even think he's, even if it's taken down, I think he realizes he's strong enough to get up.
1: Yep, that's going to be the problem. Yeah. If if Glover does get a takedown, what can he do with it? Can he really control Prohashka on the ground? I'm with you. I don't think so. Very quickly in the co-main event here, what uh, we're going to have at 125 pounds, and I keep saying it just feels like Valentina is on the cusp of, I mean, she's wiped out this division already. Mm-hmm. If she wipes out Talia Santos, I got to believe that she goes back north to 135, but I do look at this from Valentina's perspective of this is a, I don't want to say a smaller version of Amanda Nunez, but somebody that I believe could give her a little bit of pause early in the fight. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the over three and a half rounds here that she takes her time with Santos. I think she might be able to get a late round stoppage either in the third, fourth, or fifth. But I do think this fight's going to go a little bit deeper into Singapore than people think. How do you see it?
7: Yeah, I think that uh, it will be, I think Tyla is, is good on her feet. You know, so if she can avoid the takedown early, I don't think that she. I think she's gonna have good enough defense to avoid an early stoppage. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of lean that Shevchenko will win inside the distance. I don't know exactly what round, but I feel like eventually uh, all the uh, strikes will add up. But I do think Taylor will have a, a be comfortable enough on her feet and yeah. have good enough defense to uh, protect herself and uh, long enough to make it interesting at least. It, uh, I don't uh, see a first round finish or anything like right.
1: that. Right, I don't see a head kick coming like guy in Chicago yeah. and stopping this thing quickly. Uh, but I do again. I Although I I think this is a live dog scenario in Santos with the price tag, I wouldn't, I would not play that because I do think Shevchenko ultimately will win this fight. But again, this does not feel like a, a, you know, like a a whitewash, just a walk in the park for Shevchenko. I think she's going to get pushed a little bit in this bout. The third fight of the night, uh, you know, going in reverse order here from the title fights, when you look at Weili Zhang against Yolani on Jacek, I I know everybody's just salivating over see this rematch here. How have you broken this down? Because I keep waiting for that. Yoana money to come in really hasn't budged a whole lot this week from first strike, first look to what we're sitting here in first strike overtime.
7: Yeah, it's interesting. I think that like as Nick was saying, it's a little bit balanced so far, but on, you know, in the United States, Joanna is obviously a much more popular fighter because oh, yeah. she was, you know, she made a name for herself, what five, six years ago. Um, and it was kind of one of the faces of women's MMA for a while. No doubt. So I do think tomorrow money will be coming on her. And I do like jean Wiley and the Wiley in the fight. Um, You know, I don't, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but after the first loss to Rose, Whaley looked like she was totally defeated. After the second one, she looked like she kind of came to terms with what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she's a mature fighter. And I think Joanna is just kind of still trying to chase the dragon from when she would burst onto the scene all those years ago, um, which caused her to make some bad decisions in the octagon because she forces stuff.
1: Uh, No question. Again, she won that title against Carla Sparza. And Carla Sparza is it's like whatever was happening in 2014, 2015, it's happening here in 2022 in this division. So it's pretty amazing as both these women, uh, that we do believe the winner of this fight will get that shot against Carla Sparza once again for the 115 pound crown. I'm with you. I like Layli Zhang, uh, to, to get her arm raised in victory. And I actually think this fight could be inside the distance as well here, Britain, because I think we both believe with kind of the wear and tear that these fighters have had now. They're not in their 20s anymore. Mm-hmm. They are 32 and 34, and sometimes all the accumulated shots and damage you take, it could show itself in potentially another firefight like this.
7: Definitely, no. I think that under or inside the distance, if you like a certain fighter, is a good way to get value. Um, you know, if you like Whaley, put her um, via KO, yep. probably um, to get some plus money on that. Um, if you're worried about laying too much juice,
1: and right now the the money has been going to the over. It's over three dollars here, so you can get some good positive return here plus 230 uh, for the under two and a half rounds. All right, let's get to uh, Andre Fialo against uh, Jake Matthews. And this, again, you kind of feel like a striker-wrestler matchup here. Mm -hmm. Fialo is just, boy, he's just like, hey, I just fought a couple weeks ago. I want to get right back in this card. Dana White said, all right, fine. Here you are, Sean Shelby. Let's go ahead and match it up. And you put him against Matthews here who we know wants to try to get these takedowns. What wins? the, The striking of Fialo or the wrestling of Matthews?
7: I think Matthews is hittable, and I think that's a bad recipe with, against a guy like Andre Fiallo. I mean, Fiallo is making his third or his fourth UFC fight. His first U, his first trip to the Octagon was January twenty second. Mm. So we're sitting here tomorrow's June eleventh, and there will be his fourth fight in the UFC. Wow! He's fought. He's, he opened up with Michelle Pereira. Had a highly contested. Uh, decision loss in his debut against one of the toughest guys to fight in the division. <laughs> uh, then came out KO'd Miguel Beza, which is impressive. Beza's a solid guy. Right. And then he got a replacement fighter in Cameron Van Camp and just totally, like, it was, you know, it was a practice dummy. Um, so Fialo should be fresh in this fight. And I don't think Jake Matthews has the defense to really stop him on his feet. Matthews can try to take him down. He can try to submit him, can try to wrestle him. But I don't think... Uh, I just don't think that he has a big enough threat. I think Matthews has been in the oct- – he's just been hanging around the UFC yeah. for a long, long time. He's not moved up the ranks. He's not moving down the ranks. Beat some guys, lose some guys. He's just there. Fialo mm-hmm. is ready to climb, and Matthews could be a great opportunity to do it.
1: And look at the ages here—twenty-eight, 28, 27. So these guys right there in their prime. And you're right. Matthews has got – this is a statement fight for Matthews too because, again, if you think that Fialo might be a little bit you know worn out from camp and then he just fought a couple of weeks ago and he's back in there – You got to get those takedowns to try to get in the gas tank of them. But if you don't, you're going to take that heavy artillery coming in and uh, Andre's going to be waiting there with his hands. All right, let's get to it. It is time for Britain's Bomb. Again, you've identified some fights that you think you can kind of put together in one parlay to turn some some minus money into some plus.
7: Yeah, you know, I'm going to give out three legs, but if you want to just use two of them for a little bit more safety, I recommend that. Um, You know, like last time I was on, I did two favorites. Mm-hmm. There's three I like, and they actually are fighting three in a row, so it could be a little bit of fun part Ooh. of the card to watch. It's three prelim fights. I've got Sung Choi over Josh Kulabow. Uh, with Steve Garcia over Machete and then Brendan Allen over Jacob Malkoon. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I was talking to you before we came on here. Mm-hmm. I think Jacob Malkoon is much better than the plus 250 right. odds indicate. I think that he's got a bad rep because he's in UFC debut. He got knocked out in 18 seconds by Phil Haas, which <laughs> happens when you're under the bright lights for the first time. That's right. Um, but I just think Brendan Allen's got way more ways of winning. Um, minus 320 is a little bit high of a price for me, so that's why I'm putting him in this parlay. I think Maheshete, uh you mentioned earlier with West Mahashete's record of nine and one is yep. fools gold because he's fought some absolute 24 and you know, 40 he, he might it. as well be fighting us blindfolded you know he's got guys <laughs> that have zero wins and six losses um, and that's who he's you know racking up his wins against uh, and then soon Choi and uh, Josh Kubau I just think that soon Choi's got a way better uh, strength of schedule he's fought way better guys has performed m- more consistently more recently coolbell um, in his three UFC fights he's got one win, one draw and one loss. You know oh, what I mean? He's yeah. just the complete middle of the road. Sumo Choi, though has shown that uh, he's a dangerous man on his feet. So those three guys in a row pays about 191 yeah, plus, plus 191. 200, depending on what book you're at.
1: So again, you turn those minus 235 for Choi, Garcia's minus $1.80 and Allen's minus 320. If they all come through, that's plus 191. Very quickly, you mentioned that if you want to just take two legs for safety, what would be the two safer legs in your estimation?
7: Honestly, I would take. A, I would get rid of the biggest favorite. I'd get rid of Brandon Brennan Allen. Allen. Yeah, because um, you're getting less value in that. And like I said, this I don't agree with this number. I think that it's a little bit long. I think Allen's going to win. I think that he probably wins convincingly. Mm-hmm. But I think he should be about minus 200, 250, somewhere in that range, not 320. Because again, Mel Kuhn is so strong. You'll see him in there if yeah. you're not familiar with him. He, he's not really mobile. He's not really like super athletic, but he looks like a Ninja Turtle. Uh, And those type of guys are always tricky to expect. They're never going to be an easy
1: out. Yeah. But I think you're right because it basically shows that Garcia and Choi might be priced accordingly, and the ballooned line would be Allen. So if you didn't want to put all three legs in, to your advice there, pretty good Garcia and Choi in a two-way parlay. Britton, enjoyed it, my friend. Awesome. I love doing overtime with you. Always great to have Britton Hess on, our producer extraordinaire, right here on v Overtime. Enjoy the fights. We'll see you on Tuesday for First Strike, First Look.